What else is going on? Anything? Anything that needs prayer? Or, um, we're all doing okay. Um, does anybody remember where we are? Uh, Brenham. Yeah, Brenham. We're in Brenham. Uh, in the Bible. Where we are in the Bible. Revelation. Seven. Were you here last week? I think we're, well, I know we did six. So, seven. okay. Yeah. Chapter seven. Chapter seven. Good deal. Okay. Just, just ignore the photographer. Uh, act normal unless she tells you to pose. Um, so anyway. All right. Well, let me open some word of prayer and we're going to jump in. Lord, thanks for this morning and for our time together and uh, the opportunity to study uh, your word. Thank you for Tim and uh, Leslie and uh, Leslie's mom to you and the family be with them as they're in the hospital this morning. And so just commit this time to you. Ask that you would, uh, would uh, guide us through your word in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, we are in uh, Revelation chapter 7. 7. We're in 7. Okay. <clears throat> so, um, so what? <laughs> just, ignore, just ignore her, and then she takes over the class. Yeah. See how that works? Just act normal. Real quick, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretend like he said something worth listening to. Yeah, pretend. Um, all right, uh, talk to me. Revelation. What's going on in Revelation? Okay, generally the book. What's the book about? Seventieth week of Daniel. All the book is about the seventieth week of Daniel. Four through through nineteen through the return of Christ. Yeah, so. So um, how's the books broken out? What, what, how's it divided? Yeah, 119, the things which were, the things which are, the things which will take place after these things, right? So chapter 1, the things which you have seen, the things which are, chapters 2 and chapters 3. That's the letters to the seven churches. And then the things that will take place after these things is 4 through, really, the rest of the book. But, but the 70th week concerns, 70th week, what does that mean? Talk to me. I, I forgot what that means. Seven-year period of the tribu tribulation comes from what book? Daniel. Yeah, Daniel chapter 9. Why is it 77s, the 70th seven? Okay, so remember Israel was kicked out of the land for 70 years. They're going to they're be banished from the land for 70 years. For what purpose? So that they would repent. If they don't repent, if the Lord judges them and they don't repent, then what? It's it's he will pour out the judgment on them seven times, right? And so this is seventy times seven. This is spelled out in Daniel chapter nine, uh, and this is the end, you know, the end of the story, right? Uh, and so, does anybody remember how the chapters four through nine, uh, nineteen are laid out? Yeah. Yes. There you go. Talk, uh, talk to me. It goes through it three times. Okay. All right. Let's pull up biblical story here. This is our um, notes for the seminary. I had to listen to Dr. Bayless yesterday 
explain his book to the class. I called him to say, hey, how you doing? I want to, and he went on for a half hour about his book. Uh, that's free, by the way. It's, it just walks you through the story of the Bible. He would say, don't, don't read that instead of your Bible, but it's a, certainly a, um, a good way to um, understand the, the general flow of the, of the Bible. In these notes, if you go down here to the book of Revelation, right, uh, and you go to overview charts, or let's say, um, well, overview charts, let's look at this. Okay, so, so this is, this, this was, this uh, PowerPoint slide was made in uh, 1999. Uh, let me share this. Uh, well, apparently I can't share. Gotta love this, uh, this computer. Um, but uh, <clears throat> so, so the, the, the um, there's three passes, so to speak, three, uh, John is told to write this 70th week in three passes through. The first pass through uh, is the seals in the first half of the 70th week and the trumpets, okay? And that's going to take you up to chapter, uh, in really uh, into uh, chapter, uh, chapter 10, end of chapter 10, okay? Um, uh, end of chapter 10, uh, you're going to go through the first pass, end of chapter 10. Chapter 11 goes back. This is the two witnesses. Uh, they're going to be uh, in the first half of the tribulation, uh, and then the woman and the beast, and that's going to take you all the way through uh, chapter Uh, 16, right? So the bowl judgments, this is going to take you all the way up to the bowl judgments. This is chapter 16, right? So the first half, second half, the bowl judgments are the being poured out at the return of Christ. It's going to correspond to the peals of lightning and the uh, trumpets, the, 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 the uh, final trumpet blow the bowls. Okay. Uh, and then chapter 17, chapter 18, and then chapter 19, is the return of Christ. Does that make sense? Uh, and so, um, remember that uh, that there's, um, depending on what chapter it is, there's this vision of what's going on in heaven, right? And then what's going on on earth, okay? And you're watching um, the Lord fix what's going on on earth, right? So, so that they match. Does that make sense? What has to happen before the return of Christ? Okay, uh, the abomination of desolation. What else? Firm covenant. Yeah. What does Israel have to do? Or what will they do? Repent. Good. How are they going to repent? Yeah, what's going to cause them to repent? Uh, the, two, the two witnesses are going to be pouring out judgments on Israel, pronouncing judgments on Israel, just like the prophets of the Old Testament. That's what they do. Uh, they, they call them back to covenant, right? So the prophets in the Old Testament, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, all those guys, along with uh, the prophets that show up in the story, Elijah, Elisha, they're doing the same thing. They are um, covenant enforcers. In other words, they show up uh, and... Um, and they say, um, you're going to get it. You better repent or you're going to get it. All right. What are they going to get? The judgment that is promised in the covenant. 
right? The curses, uh, war, famine, death, Gentile nations coming against them, and all this stuff, right? Um, and then when they when they uh, they don't repent and they get judged, then the prophet says, "Told you so," right? Question. When, when, yeah, so, so at the abomination of desolation, what is the abomination of desolation? That's when Antichrist enters into the temple, declares himself to be God, right? Uh, let's say again. It's at the middle of the, uh, of the 70th week, right? So when we say mid-trib, uh, that's the middle of the 70th week, the, 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 the great tribulation or the tribulation, the 70th, uh, the seven-year tribulation period, okay? So... Um, if you understand the, the basic um, outline, then you're just kind of populating the template, so to speak. You've got uh, the, uh, the firm covenant, right, uh, where Israel enters into uh, a covenant with Antichrist. Uh, and then these judgments that are poured out on Israel to get them to repent, abomination, desolation, and the return of Christ. Th those are kind of your three markers, right? Uh, firm covenant, abomination of desolation, return of Christ. To the yes. So, uh, so, <clears throat> what's going on with Rome in these charts? Turn to I uh, Daniel chapter two. Daniel chapter two. Um, the more that we study the the first sixty five books, the more the sixty six one just kind of fits right in place. Does anybody remember what Daniel chapter 2 is? It's the one after chapter 1. Amen. Uh, so what's chapter 1? Yeah, so, so what's going on in Daniel? Um, <clears throat> just a quick word about the book of Daniel. Is, um, um, Israel is being judged, being kicked out of the land. And these Gentile kings are all coming to realize that their gods are not the gods of the, of the uh, uh, not the, the God of creation, but the, the Lord God of Israel, the God of Daniel, the God of Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. He is the God of gods and Lord of lords. And so they will make these decrees that if anybody speaks against the God of Daniel or the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Right? Now, is Israel, if Israel's reading this, what are they supposed to conclude? If the kings are realizing that their gods aren't the gods, uh, you know, the, God, the king of kings, Lord, but the God of Israel is the king of king and lords of lords, then why is Israel in judgment? Why is Israel in Babylon? Because the Lord wants them there. So how do they get out of it? They need to repent, okay? So in Daniel chapter, um, chapter 2, this is Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Do you remember this, the story of Nebuchadnezzar's dream? King Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. Uh, he calls all of his magicians and conjurers in and tells them that they are to, they have to interpret the dream. And the, the, the magicians say, oh, great, tell us the dream and we'll interpret it for you. Uh, that sounds a lot like um, when you call in to some California number. Sorry, guys, all you, got, all you Californians online, uh, Jack. But it, it sounds like when you call into this, this the fortune teller in California and they say, you know, tell me about your dream. And then you go, oh, yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. You're going to have a great life. And you know, No, no, no. The king says, no, no, we're not doing that. I know your game. So here's what we're going to do. You have to tell me the dream and the interpretation. Right. 
Um, and they say, well, nobody can do that. And he says, good, then we'll kill all of them. Uh, and Daniel says, no, wait a second here. <laughs> Give me a minute. So he, uh, so he prays to the Lord. The Lord reveals uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar's dream to him and the interpretation of it. So that's what's going on. Do you remember what the dream is? It's a statue. Head of gold, and the head of gold represents, this is you, Nebuchadnezzar. You are the head of gold, Babylon, uh, the, 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 the kingdom of Babylon. And then after you will come uh, successive kingdoms, right? So Babylon, and then the, the chest of silver, right? Uh, the Medes and the Persians uh, will come. Uh, look at uh, chapter 2, verse 36. This is the dream. Now we will tell you the interpretation. You, king, are the king of kings whom the God of heaven has given the kingdom, the power, the strength, and the glory. And wherever the sons of men dwell, and the beasts of the field or the birds of the sky, he has given into your hand and has caused you to rule over all of them. You are the head of gold. And after you will arise another kingdom inferior to you, then another a third, a kingdom of bronze, uh, which will rule over the earth. And then there will be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, insomuch as iron crushes all uh, and shatters all things. So like iron that breaks into pieces, so it will crush and break into pieces. And in that you saw the feet and the toes, partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, it will be a divided kingdom, but it will have the toughness of iron in so much as you saw iron mixed with clay. Uh, and the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly of pottery, and some of the kingdom will be strong and some of it will be brittle. And in that you saw the iron mixed with common clay, they will combine with uh, one another in the seed of men, but they will not adhere to one another, even as iron does not combine with pottery. In the days of those kings, okay, so let's stop there. So uh, the head of gold, king of Babylon, this is uh, uh, Babylon, the, the kingdom of Babylon. Then uh, the, uh, the silver, uh, the Medes and the Persians, right? And then the bronze was Greece, and then the iron was Rome, okay? And the remnant, uh, or the, the remainder of the Roman Empire, uh, is uh, portrayed as iron mixed with clay, okay? Now, um, why, is the, the, why are these things inferior to the next, okay? Well, you see this play out throughout the book of, uh, throughout the book of Daniel, Whatever King Nebuchadnezzar says, it goes, right? Uh, after this is the law of the, Mer the, the Medes and the Persians. What's, the, what's different about the law of the Medes and the Persians? Even the king has to obey the decrees, right? And so the kings and the elders make the, these decrees, uh, and uh, even the king cannot disobey the decree. And then you go down to Greece, and then to Rome. What's Rome? Rome is the Senate. Rome is, uh, is a representative republic, right? Does this sound familiar? Uh, and so there's going to be a remnant. Uh, now, why, is, uh, why does this concentrate on the, what we would call the West, right? Um, the, the East, um, you know, the, the, you know, Russia, um, you know, over that way, uh, China, uh, why is that not included in the government, because we're talking about the nations that will rule over the promised land, okay? 
And so these are the kingdoms that will rule over the promised land. Um, uh, and so, uh, so here we are today, uh, and uh, the nations that have authority and defend uh, Israel still representative republics, right? So, um, so um, that's the remnant of Rome. That's what we're talking about in this chart here, okay? Uh, in so much as you saw iron mixed with clay, verse 43, verse 44. In those days, in the days of those kings, verse 44, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which will never be destroyed. What is that? Yeah, what's going on here? Uh, and that kingdom will not be left for another people. It will crush and put to an end all of these kingdoms but it will itself endure forever. Insomuch as you saw that a stone was cut uh, out of a mountain without hands, and it crushed the iron and the bronze and the clay and the silver and the gold. The great God has made known to the king what will take place in the future. So its dream is true and its interpretation is trustworthy. So this uh, kingdom that's being established, when is this happening? Well, the kingdom being established is being established right now. In other words, the, the invitations into the kingdom are going on right now, and it will not be left to another people, right? And so here the, the king is going to return, and he's going to establish the kingdom, and he's going to wipe out all other kingdoms that came before him. And this one will endure forever. Does this make sense? Um, it's interesting here that in this chapter 2, just by way of mentioning, uh, this is the only place in the Old Testament, chapter 2. It actually shows up back in verse uh, verse 19, uh, where the word mysterion, uh, that, what does that sound like? Mystery. Uh, mystery, mysterion, this is the Septuagint translation, um, shows up here, right? Uh, that God has made known to Daniel the mystery of the kingdom. Okay? Um, in the Gospels, this word and this language shows back up in uh, Matthew chapter 13. And, uh, in all of the synoptics, do you know what I mean by synoptic Gospels? Uh, these are Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They tell the same story, use the same language. John's a little bit different. Okay, So we call those the synoptic Gospels. Um, each of the places where Jesus is rejected by Israel, and then Jesus begins to Get, begins to preach to Israel in parables, this language shows back up where Jesus says to his disciples, to you, disciples, it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but to them, Israel, it has not been granted. So whoever has, more will be given. In other words, uh, but the, the disciples have knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom. Whoever has more will be given, and whoever does not have, Israel, even what they have will be taken from them. Is this making sense to you? Okay. So, uh, so the, the, what's left of, this is why um, the Bible is, um, to me, uh, I, I remember thinking, and I hear people say, well, when you go to seminary, uh, or the more you study the Bible, um, your faith is, you start to question your faith. That was not my experience at all, at all. Um, everything from the creation account through um, 
through the Old Testament prophecies, through the Gospels. It, it, this, is, this goes in lockstep with history. I mean to the T. Um, if you don't believe this, I mean, excuse me here. If you don't believe this, I don't know what's wrong with you. All right? It's like you're um, blinded or something. Um, because a, even a blind man can see this truth. All right? So you must really be blinded. And that's actually what's going on, right? That they're blinded so that they cannot see. Um, so, so these prophecies t- concerning Christ, the prophecy of the, of the Old Testament, uh, Daniel's prophecy concerning what's going to happen, all of this is just falling in one piece after another after another. And so now we have the book of Revelation to assure us of what will take place in the future. Good? Um, so, um, uh, so Israel is back in the land. Uh, now I want you to think about Israel being back in the land today. Um, Israel left the land. Israel was barely in the land. In other words, the tri- Judah, the southern kingdom of Judah, was barely in the land in 605. The, the, the kingdom of Judah was um, basically one city, Jerusalem. Right? And the Babylonians come and destroy the city in three phases and haul Israel off. And now, um, if we had a map, there would be no map from about 600 B.C. and some, some of the professors would say earlier than that. Um, um, there was no Israel on any map. And there was no Israel on any map for 2,500 years. Think about that. 2,500 years. Um, America's been around for how long? Yeah, not, you know, 10 times longer than America has existed. Um, Israel was not on the map. And now they're back in the land. And they, they are ready to rebuild the temple, right? Uh, so there's a lot of things that are happening. So people will ask me, uh, are we in the last days? I say, well, yes, we're in the last days because the Bible, that's how the Bible presents it, that we are, quote, in the last days, right? But um, are we in the heading towards the tribulation. I say, well, I don't know about that, but we're closer than we've ever been. How about that? All right. Uh, right. We're, we're getting close. We're closer than we've ever been. Uh, and so, um, so the first, the first uh, thing that's going to happen is the, the, you know, uh, uh, firm covenant, uh, apostasia, Paul calls it the apostasia, second uh, Thessalonians chapter two, uh, verses you know, four and following. Uh, then the abomination of desolation, uh, and then uh, the return of Christ. Right? So, all right, so that's, that's the Rome, uh, that's what's going on with the Rome. Right? Good? Good? Other questions? Doing okay? All right, <clears throat> now, let's review just quickly. Uh, the, the seal judgments are poured out on Israel for what purpose? To get them to return to the Lord. Uh, the first writer goes out to remove peace from the earth. Why is that a good thing? Because it's a false peace, because they've entered into covenant with Antichrist, right? Uh, and so it's a false peace. And so judgment is being poured out on Israel. These judgments correspond with Deuteronomy 28, Leviticus 26. This is the Mosaic covenant, right? 
Uh, if Israel was obedient, they would be blessed in the land. But if they were disobedient, uh, then these curses would come upon them. Curses of war and famine and death. And they come in that order, right? Chapter 7, 144,000 are sealed um, so that um, uh, they will not be harmed by the judgments that are coming or by, uh, by Satan. Uh, and they're going to enter into the millennial kingdom. Okay? Um, chapter 8, uh, let me just kind of summarize what's going on here. Chapter 8 uh, is the seventh trumpet is, uh, I'm sorry, the, set, yeah, the seventh seal is broken, which introduces the trumpets. Okay, so the seals are in the first half of the tribulation, uh, and then the seventh seal is broken, which leads into the second half of the tribulation, and that introduces the trumpet judgments. The trumpet judgments are poured out on who? The Gentiles, for what purpose? Let my people go, all right? Let my people go. They were to see that uh, these were God's people. Uh, he was judging them, uh, and they needed to let Israel go and, and to repent, right? So this is going to take you through up to the sixth trumpet, which is uh, at the end of chapter 9. Uh, and then there is this uh, little book, right, that... Uh, that uh, we'll talk about, um, uh, he is told to take and eat uh, this little book. Uh, and then uh, 10, 11, he is told, John is told he must go back and prophesy again. Question. So back to seven, yes. Uh, okay, so so after these things, I look, I look go back to verse nine, right? Uh, so the seven, uh, uh, there are twelve thousand sealed from each of the twelve tribes. This is one through eight, right? Or I guess uh, uh, four through eight. And after these things, I look and behold a great multitude, which no one could count, every uh, nation and all the tribes and all the peoples and all the tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with uh, in right, white robes and palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud, loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might to our God forever and ever. And the elders answered, saying to me, these uh, who are clothed in white robes, who are they? And from where have they come? And I said to them, my Lord, you know. And he said to me, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation. Uh, they uh, have been washed with robes and made them white in the, the blood of the lamb. For this reason, they are before the throne uh, and they serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne shall spread his tabernacle over them. They shall hunger no more, neither shall they thirst any more, neither shall the, uh, the sun beat down on them or any heat. For the Lamb in the center of the throne shall be their shepherd and will guide them to springs of water of life. See, this is looking for that this. When, well, when does this uh, 
guide them to springs of water for life. When does that happen? And wipe away every tear from their eyes. That's not going to be until the new heavens and new earth, right? Okay. And so what you're seeing is these 144,000 who are sealed, and then you're seeing all these others that are going to be, uh, they're, they're going to die in the great tribulation. So, so it's a glance forward into this great tribulation, right? So, saying this, this, this is what's going to happen. Okay. Then the seventh seal was broken and there was silence for about half an hour. And so now we're going to get these trumpet judgments. Right? So, um, so we have we we've looked into the seventieth or um, to, into the great tribulation in the last three and a half weeks, and and this is going to uh, the seventh seal is going to t lead us right into this. What's going to happen in the last three and a half years? The great tribulation. Okay? Um, chapter. Uh, 10, end of chapter 10, go back and prophesy again. Okay, so now we're going to go back to the start of the 70th week uh, and the two witnesses. Okay, the two witnesses. These are the ones who are going to um, uh, prophesy against Israel, let my people, you know, uh, getting Israel to repent. Uh, and, uh, and then uh, the picture of the woman uh, and the beast. Okay, the beast that comes out of the sea, uh, the second half of the tribulation. Okay, uh, This is going to take us all the way up to the return of Christ. These are the bold judgments which are corresponding with the return of Christ. Uh, you get uh, these um, uh, uh, Christ returning with the shout, uh, the blow of the trumpet, uh, and, um, uh, and the judgments being poured out on the people's as he returns, okay? Uh, then the great harlot is destroyed, chapter 17, Babylon the great, chapter 18. Uh, I'm sorry, the great harlot is described, uh, Babylon is destroyed, the return of Christ. Okay, so three passes through, uh, and, uh, and you're filling in all the details. So when, when you've got the template, then you can just, uh, you can read it, okay? Imagery. Uh, the beast, who's the beast? How do you know the beast is Satan? Because it says so. Yeah. Chapter 12, right? Uh, the beast, the serpent of old, the dragon, okay? <clears throat> Satan. Chapter 12. This is 12, what, 8? Um, following. Uh, 7, 8, uh, 9. The great dragon who was thrown down, the serpent of old who is called Satan, and uh, the devil. Right? Um, and... Um, uh, and so this is uh, this is the the, uh, the Nakash, the serpent who was in the garden. Um, uh, the sea. What's the sea? What's the significance of the sea? It's where Satan. Uh, yeah, y'all are doing good. What do you need me to? Y'all do. Y'all do. We Yeah, we do this. Yeah, do this twice a week. Yeah, for the guys who are in men's men's Bible study, do it twice a week. <clears throat> good. Um, so, um, so I feel like we're in pretty good shape here. You're, you're, you got it put together pretty good in your mind, what's going to happen, how things are going to uh, progress. The return of Christ. So Christ returns, uh, wipes out everyone who opposes him. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Uh, and then what happens? Let's see how far we can go into this. Uh, then what happens? He returns, wipes out all who oppose him, and then does what? Uh, before he sets up a new kingdom, look at chapter 19. 
uh, I saw, uh, 1919, I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and the armies assembled to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was seized. And with him the false prophet who performed the signs in his presence by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshiped the image. And they were thrown alive into the lake of fire, which burns with brimstone, and the rest were killed with the sword, which came from the mouth of him who sat on the horse, and all the birds of the air were filled with their flesh. Then what happens? Chapter 20. I saw the angel coming down from heaven, having the keys to the abyss and the great chain in his hand, and he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, the devil and Satan, in case you missed who that was. Uh, and uh, he bound him for a thousand years and threw him into the abyss and shut it and sealed over it. So he should not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were completed. And after these things, he must be released for a short time. Uh, and so, um, so he is bound for a thousand years. The saints reign with Christ for a thousand years. And then when the thousand years are completed, verse 7, Satan will be released from prison so that he might deceive the nations, um, which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, together, gathered to war. Uh, and a number of them is like the sands of the seashore. Right? Uh, then the devil who deceived uh, them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone, and the beast and the false prophet are seized also, uh, and they were tormented day and night. Um, and I saw the great white throne. Judgment. Okay. What's the great white throne judgment? Um, I saw the dead and the great and the small standing before the throne and the book. The books were open and another book was open. I'm in chapter 20, verse 12, which was the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books according to their deeds. All right. So if your name isn't in the book of life, then you're judged according to your deeds. It's not going to go well for you, right? Um, and, uh, and so if your name wasn't found in the book of life, you're judged by your deeds. Uh, so uh, the sea gave up the dead that were in them, and they were judged, everyone according to their deeds. Verse 14, and death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And everyone's name who was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. And I saw a new heavens and a new earth. Right? And so chapters 19, 20, 21, 22, just go straight chronological order. Make sense? Right? So you know what's going to happen. Go ahead. <clears throat> so, uh, so, uh, the 1,000 years, so go back to chapter uh, uh, 20, verse 4. Saw the th uh, thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of the testimony of Jesus and because of the word of God, and those who had not worshipped the beast or his image, or had not received the mark on their forehead uh, or upon their hand, um, uh, let me come back to that. Um, uh, they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. The, de the rest of the dead did not come to life until after a thousand years. Um, most of the 
um, prophetic um, restoration story, uh, Ezekiel, um, Daniel, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Joel, Amos, all, all of it, uh, is talking about this millennial reign, this restoration of the kingdom uh, to Israel, where they do their job of representing God to the nations. They were to be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation, and this is when Israel does their job. Okay? And so most of what you find in the prophets, the language of the kingdom and the prophets, that's the language that's going to correspond to the, uh, the thousand-year reign of Christ. Now, what's going on with this sign? Okay? Uh, the mark on their forehead or sign on their forehead or, or, and upon their hand. Any, got anything there? Who's the first one in the story to receive a sign or a mark? Cain. Whose side was Cain on? Yeah, being um, the evil one. What's the significance of the forehead or the hand? Yes, that, yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh, turn over to Deuteronomy chapter 6. This is uh, the Shema. We call this the Shema because that's the first word in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, right? Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Uh, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, right? And you will love the Lord your God with all of your heart, and with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. And these words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your sons as you uh, and talk of them when you sit and when you walk and when you lie down and when you rise up. And they, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be frontals on your forehead. Right? Um, if you ever go to Israel, or sometimes you'll see this in international flights, um, in the airport, that's probably most often when, when I've seen it, uh, the Jews will... Uh, will take the little box and they put it here and then they, they bind the, their hand, their arm. Um, and so uh, um, it, it, they do it literally. Is, that, is this supposed to be a literal, you know, get, uh, get the, the, the little print of the law and put it in a little box and put it on your forehead? Is that what that is? No, where's it supposed to be? In your heart. Yeah, it's supposed to be in your heart. So what, what's the deal with the, the forehead and the hand? Okay, good. It's exactly right. Say that louder. Yeah, it's where you think. So it is, so this, what fills the heart is to uh, come out of the mouth, everything that you speak everything that you think about, and everything that you put your hand to do, right? And how's that going for you? Well, it's not going too great for me. Right? But I'm just saying, this is how it's supposed to work, right? Um, yeah, maybe I need one of those little things that... Yes? Yes? Okay. 
Yes. Oh. <clears throat> no. Um, okay. Let me see if I can do this uh, quickly. Um, in uh, in chapter two, let's take a vote. Can he do this? Um, uh, the word for death in the Old Testament is the word moat, right? Moat, the, the, the word for death in the Old Testament is, is moat. Uh, um, in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die, right? And so if we do a, a search in the Old Testament, and I've done this uh, several times, um, the word for death shows up over a thousand times in the Old Testament. And every single time, and I've taken the time to go through every single one of these, they all talk about physical death. Now, what does that mean, physical death? Um, okay, let me, let me draw, let me do my little, uh, okay, so, so uh, man is created out of, the, uh, out of the dust of the ground, and then what? Well, before that, so, so we're, we're back in chapter 2 of Genesis, God uh, forms man out of the dust of the ground, and then what does he do? He breathes life into him, and he became a living being, okay? What, does, what happens at death? The, the, the soul leaves and the dead and the body lays there and rots in the dirt. Okay. All right. Now, um, now, uh, he who believes in me shall live even if he dies. Okay. So what happens then? Okay. So this, this, uh, this dead thing, this won't stand up, right? Remember, Chapter 37 of Ezekiel, dry bones. The bones stand up, and then what happens? The flesh starts coming on it, right? But it's still not alive. So Ezekiel is told to prophesy to the Spirit so that it will do what? So the Spirit comes back. Let's give this guy a line. The Spirit comes back, and he becomes a living being again, okay? Uh, and he will be like this for how long? Forever. So this is called eternal life. You got that? It's pretty literal. <laughs> okay. Now, what's now? Will every body be resurrected? Yes. What happens to those whose um, name is not found written in the book of life? All right. They die again. They're, they're, they're separated from the body. In other words, uh, Adam, let, let me uh, do it this way. Adam, so this is, this is called the Adama. This is the ground. And Adam was raised up out of the Adama. So this is Adam, okay? Adam was raised up out of the Adama, but dust you are and dust you will return, okay? And so Adam goes back to the dirt. Uh, in the new heavens and the new earth, the new Adam will live on the new earth um, so long as the new Adam is a believer. Does that make sense? If you're not a believer, guess where you, you will not be. You won't be on the new earth. Does that mean that you cease to exist? No. That means you are tormented for eternity 
not in the new heavens and new earth. You are separated from God's, uh, God's creation on the new earth. Does that make sense? Yeah, so there's, uh, it, there, there's utter darkness and weeping and gnashing of teeth in this place where there's ironically no teeth. It's no teeth, yeah, so it's second death. Um, yes. So, yeah. So the first death, I was telling our, uh, our students this, uh, this week, uh, that, um, that this whole Bible, uh, is not trying to fix the first, well, it's trying to fix the first death, but your first death is assured. Does that make sense? I mean, you know, look at me and Mike, it's not getting better. This is this thing's heading the wrong way, man. The rails, even as good looking as Mike is, it's get, it's 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 going the wrong way, right? Agree with me? Can I get an amen? Yeah, it's going the wrong way here. So so your first first death is assured, right? This story is to fix the first death to to uh, give eternal life, okay? Um, and so um, so that you will not undergo the second death. Um, You'll find little phrases that refer to this all the way through. There's this one in Jude. Uh, listen to this, uh, talking about these um, these false teachers. This is in uh, Jude. Uh, let's see if I can find this. Here we are. Uh, these men talking about the false teachers. Uh, verse twelve. Jude. Uh, there's only one chapter, so Jude, verse twelve. Uh, these men are those who are hidden reefs in your love feasts uh, when they feast with you without fear, caring for themselves, clouds without water, carried along by the winds, autumn trees without fruit, doubly dead, uprooted, doubly dead. They're going to die the first time and they're going to die the second. They are doubly dead. You're dead, dead, right? You don't want to be dead, dead. You're dead. You want to be dead alive, <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, literally, uh, you are dead alive right now. If you have faith in Christ, you have the, the indwelling Holy Spirit, you are dead alive. You're a dead man walking with the assurance of life. Uh, John uses it. They will not undergo the second death. No, John, John uses it. They will not undergo the second death. Yeah. Um, <laughs> She's trying to stump the chump for it. What is this? The stump the chump? It's not good. All right, we good? Everybody. So this is pretty straightforward. All right. So so we can go through the the you know if we want to we can go through the details of blow by blow. You know, um, we can talk about the locusts that come out of the abyss. Are they literal locusts? Are they you know? I I don't know. I I can't help you. Um, Um, I, I, I'm not sure that it will be because the, the opposite is not. Now, uh, so remember this is John's, so, so good question. So, so let, me, let me explain this. Uh, so, so John, uh, in his gospel and in his letters, uh, uses a ton of the imagery from Moses. Okay, um, what was from the beginning? What we have heard. Yep. Um, 
So turn over, let me see how I can uh, do this. So turn over to um, chapter 3 of 1 John. 1 John chapter 3. Um, so, so what has delineated the believer from the unbeliever throughout the whole course of this story is belief. We tend to think that um, it's hard to tell believers from unbelievers. You'll, you'll hear this a lot in church, right? And, and, and that's why we create these categories of really believe. You have to truly believe to be saved, right? Well, well I don't even know what that means, to truly believe. Okay. I mean, how do you delineate truly from belief from belief? Truly, which means what? Uh, you really believe. I always, I always laugh at this. I think, well, what if it's one really is not enough? Uh, what, if, what if you have to really, really believe, right? I mean, it just goes into this nonsense. It's nonsense of, uh, and so uh, let me show you uh, in First John, and let me read this to you literally. I want you to see it. Because your translation is, um, it's not particularly literal, no matter what translation you're using. Okay, so it, it says over here in 1 John chapter uh, uh, 3, verse 4, uh, everyone who practices sin. Well, that's not, it says, uh, so, so do you see where it's translating down here? And guys online, I apologize. So you're just going to have to uh, stick with me because for whatever reason, this thing's not letting me do. Uh, maybe I can do this screen sharing. Somebody talk to me. How would I do this? Screen. Do what? I need to click these over here to allow it to screen share. Screen share accessibility. Use password. Use password. Working on it. Working on it. Okay, here we go. Uh, Screen recording. Okay, let's see if that does anything. Probably not. That's okay. Um, so, um, so, so, so here's the literal translation, okay? Uh, and all or every, do you see where it's translating down there at the bottom? See when I, what it, when it changes here, that, that across the bottom. All the doing one, it's a participle, doing one of the sin, also the lawless thing he does, and the sin is the lawless thing. Question is, what's the sin? And uh, uh, you know that that one, Christ, appeared in order to take away the sin. And sin in him there is not. All who in him re uh, remain or abide do not sin. All doing the sin 
uh, have not seen him and do not know him. Little children, let no one deceive you. The doing one of the righteous thing is righteous just as that one is righteous. Okay, what's the righteous thing that you do that makes you righteous? Believe, right? Uh, the doing one of the sin, what would the sin be then? Unbelief is of the devil. Uh, uh, because from the beginning, the devil sinned. Uh, for uh, unto this, the Son of God appeared in order to loose or destroy or remove the works of the devil. All who are begotten of God, sin he does not do. Why? Because you, because you believe in Christ. Uh, uh, because his seed abides in him and he is not able to sin since he is begotten from God. And this is the one, okay? In this, uh, the children of God and the children of the devil are, it's visible, it's evident, it's obvious. Why is it obvious? The children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. What actions? What actions? Belief. Belief. It's not, uh, so actions like drinking and smoking and bowling and dancing? Don't drink, smoke, dance, bowl, or chew, or go with girls who do. Something like that. Uh, no, that's not the, uh, what, what is it? Belief. Belief. And so if uh, someone were to ask you, um, are you a child of God? You would say, and they would say, why do you say this? Because I believed Jesus' death, and I'm not at the bowling alley. Um, Lot was righteous. Don't ever forget Lot is called righteous. You remember Lot. If Lot's righteous, then I like my chances. Because he was righteous by faith, right? So it doesn't have anything to do with your stuff. So um, what's the sign uh, of the believer? Belief, the spirit, belief, the markets. So I think that's what, what it is. It's not, you know, some... I, no, actually, I think it's, um, it is, uh, now that I think about it, I changed my mind. I think that the, the mark of the beast is the coronavirus vaccine. <laughs> so, so, who's, so who's out here? Who's got the vaccine? You're out. I got bad news for you. It was a, a, a sign or a, a mark, but, but we don't know what that was. And then, um, you know, so, so yeah, so it's, it's hard to determine what's going on with that, 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 that you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah and Cain. Simple 
Jesus will also perhaps go along with the mark of the beast and the copy of that. Well, uh, so the word the word there for, for Mark, and then it's used image. They worshipped his image. Uh, and so image is... Um, um, well, that's the thing. See, so for 65 books... The distinguishing thing between the two sides is belief. Yes. And now all of a sudden we're going to come up with something different? I don't, I don't think that's what's going on. Uh, so, uh, so the demons believe, so, so this is in chapter uh, uh, James, chapter 2, right? Uh, starting in verse 14 uh, through 18. Uh, turn over to James chapter 2. Let me show this uh, to you. Okay, so in James chapter 2, verse, uh, verse uh, 14, um, um, 14, 15, 16, 17, now verse 18. But are you willing to, uh, uh, but someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Okay, now, um, this is a bit, um, you'll know, uh, in, in chapter 2, James chapter 2, verse 18, uh, talk to me about where your quote marks, they, they should all begin here. You have faith, I have works. Whose uh, quote marks end there? Okay, what, what, what version do you have? ESV ends the quote here. You have faith, I have works, end quote. Um, whose quotes don't end there? Okay, what version do you have? New American Standard, and it goes all the way down to the end of the verse. Okay, does anybody have the end quotes going further than that? Here's the problem. Uh, there, are there are words in the Greek, uh, Allah, but. that, that so, so Greek doesn't have quote, quote marks, okay? Um, the way uh, that they designated a change in the speaker's voice is by putting certain word markers in there. Uh, but this is a conjunction, okay? Uh, a post-positive, what do we call a post-positive? Uh, this here, uh, but it's another conjunction. We call this a post-positive because it's in the second position, right? This is the first word. That's the second word, but it's another conjunction. So, so you do not get another conjunction which would designate a new speaker until verse 20. So there is no um, grammatical warrant for stopping that quote that begins in verse 18 before verse 20. Okay. Um, why do different versions put the quotes in different places? Because they're all trying to make sense of it, and so they're using their theology to say, okay, this is where I want the, um, the speaker to stop speaking because I don't like what he says after this. Does that make sense? You don't get to pick, okay? Um, so if we leave it alone and translate it, you know, let, let's not interpret um, different than grammar allows us to interpret. Does that make sense? 
so we've got to leave that quote all together. Uh, and so now, actually, the one if that's the case, um, then here's the quote. Someone may well say, quote, you have faith, I have works. Uh, show me your faith without works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. The demons believe and shudder, right? So in other words, the, the, the Jew who says, no, 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 belief, that's not enough. You have to have works. What kind of works would the Jew be advocating? Works of the law. And James is saying, um, how are those works of the law going for you? How's that orphans and widows ministry going? Well, I don't care for orphans and widows. Then how are you keeping the law? Uh, if a rich man walks in and you show impartiality and a poor man walks in and you disregard him and put it, uh, is that not being partial and breaking the law? See, this is chapter two. This is what he says before chapter, uh, earlier in chapter two. Um, so if you're uh, partial, you're not a doer of the law, but a breaker of the law, right? And so act and so speak as those who will be judged by the law of liberty, right? Uh, if a poor man is in your midst in hunger and thirst and you give him nothing and you tell him, warm yourself and fill yourself, it's in the middle voice, the verbs in the middle voice, which means do it to yourself. Rather than you help him, that's not law keeping, right? Uh, and so you're not a doer of the law, but a violator of the law. And if you're a violator of the law, then you will be judged by the law. All right? So this is how the argument goes. Is this making sense? Uh, and so this, you believe that God is one, you do well, the demons believe. Um, uh, this is the, the antagonist speaking, saying faith isn't enough. Demons have faith. It's not enough. Faith in what? It's the content of your faith. So what's the content of your faith that makes it different than the demons believe? That's exactly right. So the content of your faith is uh, he appeared to take away sin, and you placed your faith in that. Right? So, the, so the demons believe, the way it says the demons believe, Absolutely. They're basically, it's just saying, no God and no Jesus, but people still don't believe that they're going to lose Christ over uh, they well, the, redemption is not for the demons. Yes, so doesn't matter if they believe that or well, they don't recognize that they reject that. Um, but they, re, but the demons recognize Jesus, even when the disciples don't. Turn to Ma, uh, to Mark chapter five. No. What's the difference between head knowledge and heart knowledge? Um, well, the heart pumps blood. So what, what do we mean by head knowledge and heart knowledge? Go ahead. If you say you believe and you don't show your belief, uh, then you are a Corinthian. <laughs> then you got the same problem the Corinthians had and the same problems that most of us have. I say I believe, uh, and I could show it a whole lot better if I had, didn't have to deal with such idiots all the time. 
myself being the main one, right? Uh, yeah, the, the, so yeah, so the, here's the argument. Well, the demons believe that's not enough. No, 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 that's not. Yeah, see, the demons, uh, Satan knows exactly what's going on, and he's in big trouble. Uh, we could get into some bait, a debate about whether, do you think that Satan, I don't think there's any way to believe or to, to think that Satan doesn't know exactly what's coming. I don't think that he is under any um, ill-conceived notion that he has a chance of winning this thing. He just hates God that much and you, and he's going to take as many with him as he can. His end is assured, right? And so does, do you think Satan, see, Satan's quoting, quoting verses to Jesus at Jesus' temptation, and he's actually quoting them in context. Satan knows the scriptures. He just rejects it, right? Uh, the Pharisees knew the scriptures. They knew the scriptures concerning Jesus. They just rejected that he was the one who would uh, would give him eternal life? Does that make sense? Yeah. So, yeah. So, so the sign. Uh, if it's a physical sign, then it's a physical sign. If it's not, but I know this um, for sixty-five books and the sixty-six books, uh, the thing that distinguishes the believer and the unbeliever is the belief, all the way through. Yep. Uh, the name of the beast or the the number of his name. Yeah. So, um, so there's there's a lot of. Uh, um, chapter thirteen verses. Say it again. Where where, where are you? Um, like yeah. So I was given to them the, the breath of the image of the beast. Uh, and there was given to uh, to him to give breath, image of the beast, so that the image of the beast might uh, even speak and cause as many as do not worship the image of the beast to be killed. So that's the issue. Think of uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You don't bow down to the image, you die, right? If you don't bow down to the image, uh, you don't have access or ability to buy, to sell, uh, so the, uh, the mark of the beast and the image of the beast go together. Right? You have to worship the image. Uh, if you don't worship the image, you're out. Yeah. It's still, there's an actual mark. Uh, he causes the small and the great and the rich, uh, free men to be given a mark on their right hand and on their forehead. Again, you can't come in to the story and change the meaning of 65 books. This was not a literal mark for either team. Right, um, these are to be a sign on your forehead and a sign on your hand. Okay, that's the exact same wording that is in Deuteronomy chapter six. So was the Israelite uh, was the Israelite every Israelite given a literal sign on the forehead and on the hand? No. Uh, then how are we making this literal? In other words, you, you can't change the way the language is being used. In the story. 
Yeah, what's their mark? Belief. It's their mark of belief, and so they're marked out by God. He knows who they are. Um, is it going to be a physical mark? I doubt it. Um, excuse me, I'm one of the 44,000 that says that uh, I can't die. Well, I don't even know that they know that. Yeah, well, we, yeah, Jehovah's Witnesses, bless their hearts. So in other words, here, here's what I want us to, to I, want, I want us to be consistent and use the language of the Bible in the way the Bible uses the language and not make it say what we want it to say, okay? And so if from, you know, uh, Genesis chapter 4 all the way through the, the law, Deuteronomy, Old Testament, this sign mark language is in almost every book. Um, now we come to Revelation. We use the definitions of the 65 books in the 66th. If we don't, then go ahead and make it whatever you want it to be. Right. Yeah, well, the number is debated. That's the problem. <laughs> the number is debated. So our oldest uh, manuscripts... Uh, uh, and best manuscripts don't read 666, they read 616. So um, that makes it difficult if we're supposed to know the number, but the number is not consistent in the oldest and best manuscripts. So uh, so how do we know? Um, is it about the number or is it about the one, the image that you're worshiping? It's the image you're worshiping, right? Uh, and so that's it. Don't overcomplicate it. This it's about Jesus or it's the rejection of Jesus. And that's it's just that simple. Good? Making sense? Okay. The righteous, uh, he who is righteous by faith shall live. That's literal, right? He who is righteous by faith shall be resurrected from the dead, eternal life forever. You will never undergo. Those who sleep in the dust of the ground will be raised to everlasting life, eternal life, right? Uh, and so we know what's coming, at least to the extent that we can. Some of the imagery is not made clear. Uh, and even some of the imagery that is made clear to John, John is told not to write it. Okay. So we dare not go past what we can know, uh, but we use the imagery uh, of the Bible in the way that it's used it. And if John defines the imagery, then we, we go with that. After that, uh, that turns into speculation and you know, fruitless discussion. Good? We good? Doing okay? What happened? Did uh, everybody get a shot and y'all, everybody decided to come to church? Or uh, is this like pre-repentance for what's going to happen at the Super Bowl deal? Or? Ran out of donuts, huh? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, before we go, Katie, do you have any more pictures you need to take? Do we need to pose and act like we've... Uh, All right. Um, well, uh, Tyler, would you close us in a word of prayer? I, I got to make you do this because we don't get to see you very much. It's good to see you. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. Close the word of prayer.